Hello, Marvelites! You are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 545, and I'm Ryan Pragos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Agent of Chaos and Springtime and Flowers and Kitty Cats and Puppy Dogs. Lorraine, sing! <laughs> <laughs> I was walking with Catherine, my two-and-a-half-year-old, yesterday, and we saw a dog, and she's like all about dogs when they're far away, when they get close. <gasps> mm, a little and it was a little dog. And then... She was like, I won't pet this dog. She's like, no, no. And so I said, okay, as soon as the dog leaves, if you want to pet it, it's too late. And she's like, okay. Dog walked away. She's like, I wanted to pet it. And I was like, <laughs> you got to pet the dog when you got the opportunity. Honestly, words to live by. Yeah. You got to pet the dog while you have the opportunity. Otherwise, you're going to miss your chance. Mm-hmm. This is the official Marvel podcast where we talk about what's happening this week in Marvel, whether it's games, comics, movies, TV, or whatever happens to be exciting. Lorraine and I this week, we're going to get into it, and there's a lot to talk about. We have an Olympian in our midst, Olympian performer, dancer, fabulous person to talk to, and Marvel fan, Lori Hernandez. But also coming up, first and foremost, Marvel Studios Moon Knight Episode 2 is now available to watch on Disney+. Plus. I love this episode because I think the first episode, I'll try not to spoil too much, but, you know, there's so much left in question where yeah. you're like, what is going on? And and it really builds a lot of drama. And episode two, we finally start getting some answers to what the heck is happening, which feels really, really fulfilling. Yeah. I'm very excited for more Marvel Studios Moon Knight. And, you know, as we do with these episodes, we got new posters this week. We got new featurette, new clips, and Marvel must-haves. Yeah, you know, if you love your Marvel swag, go over to marvel.com slash must-haves and you can see all of this cool merch inspired by Marvel Studios Moon Knight. There's a cutie cute little Funko Pop of Moon Knight that I love. There's a bunch of cool shirts and other cool things. We're going to talk more about merch in the coming time, but there is so much stuff from Marvel Studios. Over the weekend, we got new teasers for Marvel Studios Ms. Marvel, which is mm -hmm. coming to Disney Plus on June 8th. If you have not watched that teaser yet, go over over and watch it on the Marvel social channels. And we also got new stuff from Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness that came out this past weekend. It looks so good. And we got more Wanda, which I'm here for. There was also a really great We Rate Dogs bit that went on Twitter. I don't know if you follow We Rate Dogs. I do. They posted this, this great little pupper who was looking in like five mirrors and they, they said Aww. he was looking into the multiverse. And so uh, <laughs> the Doctor Strange Twitter account posted the Doctor Strange pug from, remember that a couple years ago? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a really great little interaction. You can go see them on the on the Twitters. But, you know, we're talking about Marvel Studios, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and tickets are now on sale for the film. Get wee, excited. Wee, wee. Get your tickets. You of course want to see it before anyone else trust us this is a movie you do not want to wait on yeah. and then go see it again buy tickets for like thursday friday saturday and sunday so you get mm -hmm. the full we call a royal flush of <laughs> screenings hopefully you guys get your tickets right away see marvel studios doctor strange in the multiverse of madness only in theaters may 6th also if you are an artisto or artista this is your moment because Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is having a fan art contest. Mm -hmm. It was announced Monday and it's running through April 15th. Entries are going to be judged by a panel 
from inside Marvel Studios with an emphasis on style, originality, creativity, and technical ability. And you can win a variety of prizes, including a trip for two to the world premiere of the film. That's pretty cool. It's really cool. So for more info and to read the contest rules and all that good jazz, go over to marvel.com slash Doctor Strange contest. And the word doctor is fully spelled out. And of course, go see the film in theaters on May 6th. May's pretty great month because May 27th at Epcot at Walt Disney World, we see the opening of Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very exciting. It is a family-friendly coaster developed by Disney Imagineers just for this attraction. It is a quote-unquote story coaster that will amaze guests as it rotates 360 degrees throughout the attraction. So the focus is always on the action. It's going to have a reverse launch on a coaster never before seen in Disney parks. It is also one of the longest enclosed coasters in the world, which means it lives up to and matches the enormous scale of Adventures of the Guardians of the Galaxy team, characters, and films. In the attraction, you join Rocket, Groot, Star-Lord, and the rest of the Guardians of the Galaxy on a cosmic adventure as they do what they do best, save the galaxy, and also listen to some really great tunes. I want to go. 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 Okay. 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 Also, I got to say there's a super cute teaser trailer that you can watch over on the Guardians of the Galaxy social channels. If you haven't yet, it is super cute. We love to see it. I want to go also. And again, that is at Epcot at Walt Disney World in Florida. Also, something very special happening today, if you're listening to this on Friday, it's happening at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. We are doing a live stream for Hot Topic Live, showing off some merch from Marvel Studios Moon Knight, but also going to be showing off some cool stuff from Marvel Studios Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and some other fun stuff, including Spider-Man No Way Home. Definitely go check that out. If you're hearing this early morning on Friday, April 8th, you can watch at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. But if you miss it, you can still watch it at hottopic.com slash htlive or on the Hot Topic YouTube channel. So enjoy it. We have so much cool stuff to show off. I'm very jazzed about it. Did you get the the Moon Knight hoodie? Yes. Oh, it's my so God. Cool. It is a really great hoodie. There's that. There's this America Chavez jacket. Oh, I'm thrilled about the America Chavez jacket because it's so iconic. They have the Scarab Beetle. Yeah. It's like a metal pin, but it's super, really cool. Mm-hmm. Some really great stuff. Uh, we'll show it off all over on the live stream. Hopefully you guys can join us. We're doing a giveaway in there too. So definitely try yeah. to join us live. Also, something you should go check out live is the Beyond Amazing Spider-Man, the exhibition. It's an exclusive installation commemorating Spider-Man's 60th anniversary set to premiere in July at San Diego's Comic-Con Museum, which I'm very excited for because I want to go to Comic-Con this year. I'm like, I've got the itch again, Lorraine. I got the itch. You should see a doctor and then go to San Diego (laughs) (laughs) Comic-Con. So I want to check this out when I'm there. So within the galleries, visitors will be able to explore interactive installations, big expansive set pieces. You get to learn about all the creators who have contributed to Spider-Man Mythos. You get to check out a number of incredible artifacts from across the six decades, 60 years of Spider-Man, including original comic book art. 
animation materials, film production elements that really just cover Spider-Man's amazing legacy. And then also there's going to be stuff in there looking ahead to the future, all within this really great space that combines your kind of traditional museum displays and amazing technology. So this Beyond Amazing Spider-Man the Exhibition opens to the public on July 1st. 2022 and will remain on display through the end of the year with tie-in programming and other special events planned to take place throughout the entire run. For more information, visit marvel.com and comic-conmuseum.org. And the great thing about that, you know, is obviously it's really hard to get a ticket to Comic-Con. They are in short supply and everybody wants one. So if you don't end up getting your pass to Comic-Con, you can still go do this because it's going to be running throughout the year and you can take your time and enjoy it, especially if you're a Los Angelino or you live uh, in California. Take a little road trip down to San Diego. Enjoy some Spiderman. Eat some tacos. Oh, I love the Mexican food in San Diego. If I don't go to Comic-Con, will you bring me back burritos? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Man, there's just like so many things. Like I can smell the various smells of Comic-Con and not in a, like a bad way, like a like, good way. Like I could, I, the, it, the smell of the morning. The sense memory. Right? The morning yeah. when you get up and it before everybody else is out. And, and you're it smells going... like vacuumed carpet in the con because it's still clean. Yeah. Comic-Con is cool, but you know what might be cooler? Moon Girl! She has a new series. She's assembling with the Avengers in a new comic this July. Mahale Mashigo and Diogenes Neves continue Moon Girl's adventures. And the new title is Avengers and Moon Girl number one. We love Moon Girl. Lunella Lafayette, the smartest person on the planet, is going to get to hang out with Captain America, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, and more. Of course, Mahale is an acclaimed novelist and... And so we're really excited to see them take over this title and explore more with Moon Girl becoming an Avenger. I mean, it's just cool to see Moon Girl more deeply integrated into the Marvel characters and stories. Mm -hmm. We saw a bunch of that in her original series, but now it's like, we are full on into it. I'm here for it. Heck yeah. You know what I'm also here for, Lorraine? Hmm. Them Webby nominations and honorees <laughs> because Webby nominations went out this week and uh, we got a couple of them over here at Marvel Digital Media. Marvel's Long Story Short is a Webby nominee in video because it's really fun explainer series that we do. You can watch a bunch of them. These are super fun explainers. Uh, we have Ask Marvel is also a Webby nominee, which is great. We get tweets from fans and we put them in front of our stars. So that got best social video series nomination and then marvel unlimited is a webby nominee in apps and software which is great because everyone should be freaking using marvel unlimited to read millions of comics yeah what are you doing with your life if you're not on marvel unlimited truly seriously and then webby honors marvel.com is a webby honoree in websites and mobile sites which is super cool y'all can go to vote.webbyawards.com to cast your votes for all the goodness all right, next up, we have an amazing guest this week. Yeah, we have Lori Hernandez, who is just a triple D ding dang delight. She talked about Dancing with the Stars, her gymnastics run. She's basically a superhero. She's an Olympian, which is yeah. essentially the same. Yep. We talked about which Marvel character she'd want to see do gymnastics, which is, I don't want to spoil it, but it is an incredible pick. She is... Wonderful. Here is our conversation with Lori Hernandez.
Lorraine, I'm excited because we have on a multi-hyphenate amazing woman joining us for the show. We have Lori Hernandez. Hello, Lori. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, greatness is in our midst. We are so thrilled <laughs> to have you here with us. What is your Marvel origin story? What's the first way that you got connected with the stories and the characters of the Marvel Universe? Me and my brother, that's been our thing ever since I was a little kid. I would play with dolls and he would play with his action figures and I'd toss my dolls to the back of the kitchen and I would be jumping our little DVD sets with a Hulk figurine and he'd be running around with different characters. And we've always loved superheroes. So when Iron Man first came out, I was like around eight years old or so. And I just remember thinking how cool it was to watch all of this happening. It was so surreal. The effects were very realistic. I was just mind blown. I came out of that theater thinking I was a superhero too. <laughs> I think everybody does that at some point. But as the MCU just kept progressing, I kept going into the theaters and watching it with my brother. And it, it was the way that we had bonded over essentially everything. So Iron Man was my first kicker of a movie. I mean, Heck that's yeah. that's a pretty great introduction. You said you were eight? I was about eight. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter is two and a half. And so that's good to hear. Like, that's a pretty intense movie. But you did great at eight years old <laughs> seeing it in the theater. I loved it. Yeah. You tweeted about Marvel Studios, Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse of Madness. I was like, oh, yeah, she's excited. Let's talk about that. <laughs> and, you know, we were looking at your Twitter bio, and it says things like, oh, yeah, of course, two-time Olympic medalist, Dancing with the Stars champion, author, but also superhero, superhero nerd. nerd. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I appreciate that you just fly that flag loud and proud. It's great. What does it yeah. mean to be such a big superhero nerd? Yeah, I think a lot of athletes especially like high profile athletes or, or professional athletes, if you ask where their sense of inspiration comes from, I could tell you that a gigantic handful will say fictional characters. Like I know someone who believes that like Avatar is the entire reason they're working out. I have a friend of mine who's like anime all the way and he's a track runner. And then there's me who's, you know, superhero nerd, I'm a Marvel kid. So there's a lot of inspiration that comes from that. And especially when you have a life that's very different than your peers and everyone around you and you're doing some really crazy stuff and everyone says, wow, you're just not human. I was like, can I partake as superhero then? Does that, <laughs> do I qualify, you know? But yeah, it just, it's nice to see people going through some really weird stuff and be like, hey, I've done weird things too. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is the Marvel Universe by proxy has two medals. <laughs> 100%. Okay, I'm great. Like, hanging them up and you just see like, you know, Scarlet Witch in the back like, I helped with that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I mean, it is kind of true in a way because you are a real life superhero. Like you can do the things that our superheroes wish they were doing if they were real. You know what I mean? At what point did you kind of hit that point where, you know, you started doing gymnastics and you're like, am I going towards something superhuman? Well, I didn't really think that I was going to make the games until I was about 15. I knew that's what I wanted to do when I was a really little kid. I, I saw other athletes doing gymnastics at such a high level and I was like, wow, I'd love to do that. But that's also kind of what everyone says, you know, when you're young and you're watching TV and gymnastics and whatnot. And so when I hit 15, there was this moment of like, oh, I'm I'm doing really well. I'm doing some pretty crazy stuff. And it, there's definitely a sense of pride of like, I'm doing things that feel superhuman. So there's, it, it's cool. It's cool being in the air too. Who doesn't love that? So. <laughs> I can only imagine. I barely can get off the ground as it is. <laughs> Seeing what you do is, is pretty cool. 
It's so interesting. I'm I'm really stuck on this metaphor of you in the superhero world. And I feel like your Thanos, if there were to be that big bad, are like these big competitions that you've been a part of. You know, obviously you've been dancing with the stars. <laughs> obviously a little competition called the Olympics. <laughs> Just a little one. What does it feel like to go into these really big world-watched competitions? And how epic does that feel? Yeah, you know, those competitions are really interesting because you can do either one of two things. You can pretend like nobody's watching and pretend like nobody in the crowd is looking at you. Or you can do the complete opposite, which is Mm -hmm. what I do, which is like, oh, would you look at that? Everyone's looking at me. (laughs) Get cute for the camera. All right. (laughs) Can't help it. I was like, well, would you look at that? My rhinestones are perfectly in place on my leotard. Almost like it was planned. But, you know, there's there's a sense of pride of when you're training so hard and for so long. And it, it took me 11 years to get there. I started when I was five. I made the team when I was 16. So it's this feeling of, OK, well, I've, I've done a lot of things kind of in the shadows where it's only been my teammates and my coach. And, you know, when you finally make those competitions, it's OK, let me show you everything that I've been working on. And, and it's tough because we do all these hours and all these days and you get one shot, you get one try, you get a minute and 30 seconds on like two out of four of the equipment. And if it goes wrong, it is what it is. And you got to wait weeks or months until, or even years until the next one, you know? So it's hard to not be anxious about that, but I like to let that coexist with this sense of pride of like, ah, I've done some cool stuff. Let me show you. Your hard work has definitely paid off. I feel like the amount of work you have done And your few years on this planet has been very impressive. (laughs) I do feel like I've lived a thousand lives. I I feel like I've been here for a while, but, you know. (laughs) For sure. I love having fun with these kinds of conversations of, you know, you do these amazing things, but thinking about transporting like a Marvel superhero into your world. Who do you think would be fun to see get on the mat, do some vaults, do some fun stuff? I mean, obviously you got your Black Widows out there, but I'm like, I want to see Deadpool. I want to see Deadpool like that would be so sick doing some fun stuff. Dare I say Rocket? Ooh, I love that. Oh, it'd be so cute. That would be amazing. I just think underrated 10 out of 10 would be able to score perfect tens. Well, that tail helps him with balance, right? Like he would be able to do some really great stuff. I think Mantis would be great as well, movement wise. Just feels right. But yeah, naturally, I would say any Black Widow. It comes with the territory, I suppose. Now I'm just thinking about Rocket wearing like a little onesie, like a little (laughs) tumbling onesie with all of his fur sticking out, looking very unhappy. That would be amazing. You just see like some male gymnast on the rings and he's like, I'm going to take that on. (laughs) (laughs) I can't reach those, but I'm going to take you down. (laughs) You know, we're talking about so many wonderful heroes and characters. You clearly know your stuff. Who are some of your favorite all-time Marvel characters? Okay, so if I had to pick one, which is a very difficult thing to do because I truly love all of them and I think they're so cool in their own ways. Scarlet Witch naturally has gained so much traction over the last couple of years, especially when WandaVision came out. But I remember watching Age of Ultron and being like, oh my God, I like her shoes. She's fantastic. <laughs> like, so, you know, she's one of my favorites. I also just love the way that she's portrayed. We always see these characters so strong. I love watching a character break and then also being one of the most powerful. You know, you get the duality of men in there. But I actually, for last year's meet season, There were four really big competitions and 
I had my own leotard line, and so I based all four off of Marvel characters. And so the first one was Captain Marvel, and it just was inspired by all the colors and stuff. It looked like red, blue, gold fireworks that were kind of going on. And then the next one was Black Panther, and it had kind of like the neckline. And the next one was Scarlet Witch, also had the neckline. It was just a really pretty Leo. And then the last one was like Falcon slash Captain America. It looked pretty sick. I loved those. I was very proud of those. (laughs) That's so cool. Have you cosplayed? I have not yet, but for Halloween, and I know it's like Halloween, everybody wears stuff on Halloween, but like for Halloween, I was absolutely going to go as a low-key variant, but my stuff didn't come in in time and I was going to go all out. I had like the broken horn and everything. Like I was really going to do it, but I'm all over cosplay TikTok and like multi-fandoms going through and just dressing up. I think it's so cool. I think it's awesome. Heck yeah. A character you may want to do a good cosplay of after this summer is America Chavez. Yeah, I got that a lot. <laughs> yeah, big Latinx superhero. She's awesome. She's got cool powers. How hyped are you for Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? I'm so excited, especially when I saw her in the trailer. I remember looking and being like, oh my God, it's America Chavez. like, this is going to be insane. There's so many superheroes in this. There's going to be ones that we don't even know about. And this mm-hmm. is just the trailer, but... I think she's going to be a fun one to watch out for just because of how young she is. I want to know how she handles things and what she does in the movies, you know? So that's going to be cool. Heck yeah. You had mentioned Marvel Studios Iron Man, but do you have like an all-time favorite Marvel film? Oh, okay. It's a hard, I know it's hard to pick because there are a lot. Yeah. Okay. I have some that fall into the same category of like, I would watch this until the end of time. (laughs) Age of Ultron is in there. I'm going to say it. I think Age of Ultron is fun, but also Thor Ragnarok. That's a classic. It's so funny. It's hilarious. There's so much happening. There's just so much content in there. And then naturally, I would say Infinity War, just because it feels good. I just always skip the ending. I'm like, this ends here. Oh, what a happy yeah. ending. Great. Love this, you know? <laughs> yeah, before everyone turns to little piles. Yeah, like <laughs> as soon as the scene where it's like Wanda and Nat and I think it's Okoye and they're they're fighting and they're like, she's not alone. I always just shut the movie off right there. I'm like, what a great ending. <laughs> oh, That was fantastic. Endgame. I love that entire movie. We're going to end right there. <laughs> yeah. A real sad ending for that infinity saga. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We go down and then we come back up. We go down and come back up. <laughs> Laurie, you also we want to make sure everybody knows you're the author of the autobiography, I Got This, and the children's book, She's Got This, which very cool. I got to get a copy of that for my kiddo because yeah. I think she's going to be super into that. Obviously, those are not quite big fictional superhero stories. But if you were going to take your stab at a comic book character, who would you want to tackle? Ooh, I think the Hulk stories are really cool. I think that would be a really cool plot line. And if I could just get tossed right in there, that could be awesome. Because why not? Would you want to trade powers with the Hulk? Because obviously, like if you were to be a Marvel character, you would be very dexterous because you can flip all over the place and do kind of crazy things. Would you want to be like a big bruiser if you could? So here's the thing. I am only 5'2", and (laughs) I believe that if I were to become a Hulk, I would probably just become regular sized. 
So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say no. <laughs> I don't think it'll give me much. I would probably profit much more as a widow than I would as Hulk. There could be a 5'8 Hulk. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be like, look how big and scary I am. And there are people still taller than me, you know? <laughs> I go to punch a building and my hand cracks. I'm like, I thought that was going to work different. <laughs> In your book, you're noted as being called a human emoji. What's that about? And then what emoji you think is the most you? I was called human emoji because everything I'm feeling, it shows up on my face. I can't help it. It's the law. I need like a software update to change that. And so far <laughs> it hasn't hit yet. So I guess if I had to pick, it would probably be the like, there's a single tear. I just think that's funny. It goes for any situation. Smiling, like, but a tear. <laughs> yeah. Like, ah, I got to go get milk. I ran out. Or like the new movies coming out in May. It just works for whatever you want, you know? Ah, I love it. Gosh, you've really done a little bit of everything already so far. I want to talk about Dancing with the Stars, which of course you won a few years back at 16 or a little <laughs> while back. What were some of your favorite dances that you got to do? I mean, obviously you are movement inclined if there ever was a person, but what were some of your favorite dances and, and different moves you got to do? Yeah, I think my favorite dance was probably Argentine tango. So Chicago, mm. we had Broadway week. And I ended up going to visit New York and check out Chicago. And we got on stage and they were trying to teach me how to be Velma. And it just was very awkward because I was 16 and homeschooled. And, you know, that kind of emotion just wasn't really, it wasn't sparked yet. You know, it just wasn't there. So having to do that entire week was really stressful. But the end product was something so insane. And it just heightened my love for Broadway and also my love for acting. There's a lot of joy in that. We think about a very important Marvel phrase with great power, there must also come great responsibility. And being a hero and Olympian, all that stuff, there's probably a little bit of power in that, a little bit of responsibility. How do you feel about inspiring so many people? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really scary, for lack of a better word, especially when it happens at 16. I mean, you know, for me, it was doing gymnastics for 11 years and then three weeks of my life, my 16-year-old life, Three weeks of that was spent on television. And by three weeks, I mean maybe two days of being at the Olympic Games and of people seeing that. And you don't really know what's going to happen after that's over. For me, I'm just doing what I do every day. But for other people, it's watching this kid who they've never seen before do something that they've also never seen before. (laughs) And so coming home and, you know, social media accounts kind of blowing up, there was a lot of eyes on me and that was Really hard to deal with, I think, for a couple of years, just because being so young, I don't know what I'm doing. There's no book that says, hey, one day when millions of people watch you, this is what's going to happen and this is how you handle it, you know? So it took a second, but at some point, you know, of course, there's a lot of gratitude in that and knowing that people watched and loved something that I did. And I do, I take a lot of responsibility for it in the sense that I know a lot of people are keeping an eye out on the things that I'm doing. I want to make sure that just being myself and talking about the things that make me happy while also making sure that everybody feels seen and excited and especially being a Latina at the Olympics and representing the U.S. that it had been a very long time since the last time that happened. So that also feels like a big responsibility that I hope to just 
carry forward. Well, I really give you a lot of kudos. I think it's hard enough to be a teenage girl on this planet without having the whole world watching you. And so I honestly, I give you big ups Thanks. for handling it with such grace with the whole world watching. You are an ever impressive human being and a hero in the real world. But for anyone who, you know, wants to train like a superhero or, or work towards those more superhuman abilities like you have, do you have any words of wisdom for those type of folks? I would say do any kind of movement that makes you happy. I know it's very common to show up at the gym and lift some weights and go run and, and do the very traditional things. Those things work. That's why people do them. That's why it's encouraged. I encourage you to do things that make you happy. If that's dancing, if that's rock climbing, if it's swimming, if it's cycling, if it's tossing a frisbee with your dog, any kind of movement that makes you happy. It doesn't have to be traditional. You can run up and down your fire stairs if you want, like anything that makes you happy. You know, when when you're doing things that make you happy, you end up glowing after a while and people want to be around that. They want to be around somebody who enjoys life. And especially when we have the ability and the freedom of movement, we have to take advantage of that. So do things that make you happy. Don't put any pressure on yourself. If you're tired, I know everybody says like, push through it. Know your limit. You don't have to burn out to take a break. You know, there's a little balance in everything. So do the things that inspire you. Straight facts. Laurie, you're a beacon of positivity. I appreciate <laughs> you. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for chatting superheroes and stuff. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me as a huge Marvel nerd since birth. This is very exciting. So thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much to Lori. Go read her book. Go watch everything that she does. She's just the greatest. Mm -hmm. But next week, we're going to have on Roseanne Brown, author of Shuri and T'Challa Into the Heartlands, an original Black Panther graphic novel. It's so cute and so fun. Mm -hmm. And it's about Shuri and T'Challa going on this adventure. And there's magic and science and twists and turns. And it's real fun. It's meant for the younger set, but I think it's that perfect all ages thing mm -hmm. where kids will love it. Adults can get a lot of enjoyment out of it. It is really, really fun. Yeah, it's wholesome and it's fun and it's cool. Featuring Shuri and Black Panther and some technology and some magic, which is why we thought this week's question should be extra magical. Yeah. So our question of the week is, who is your favorite magical Marvel creature and why? And Creature is a flexible term. Could be, could be a lot of things. I mean, there's so many, right? Y you got your dragons of Shaolou. You got your Fin Fang Foom. I, I don't know if he's magical. He's kind of an alien. Yeah, he's definitely an alien from. But he he's in the fantasy column. I mean, we've got all like Fenris Wolf. That's that's there in the magical ether. But I'm I'm gonna go with because uh, like all of Asgard's sort of in that bucket, right? Of like. Could be magic. I, I kind of want to go tooth, tooth nasher and uh, tooth grinder. Mm -hmm. Thor's goats, his little cosmic goats that pull his little chariot through space because they're just cutie cute boys. Yeah. And that was on the same kind of wavelength that I was going for because I am going to pick Alistair and Anton, the two talking snakes in <gasps> Doctor Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum. They are the best. They're so much fun. They... They're just so sassy and so ridiculous. Well, and while we're talking magical animals, what about bats? Dr. Strange's dog. Oh, he's bats. like a little 
cute little basset hound who's a He's ghost. A ghost dog. <laughs> yes. What a good boy. Oh, the best boy. Those are two of our picks, but I'm excited to hear what all of our listeners will say because they always come up with some great, great ideas. So y'all can tweet us your answers using hashtag this week in Marvel. Email them to us at twimpodcast at marvel.com or send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash this week in Marvel. And please make sure to tell us it is okay to read on the show. And I just want to stress two very important things. If you're tweeting use the hashtag please. please even if it's a threaded tweet like you can follow up reply to your own tweet with the hashtag that way it gets visible to us because lorraine and i get a lot of tweets we don't always see everything even mm-hmm. when y'all tag us but if you use the hashtag everybody on the team can find them a little bit easier that way and also the okay to read so that way we can read it on the show that that part's super important yeah All right, we're going to get into it because last week's question of the week was, what was your favorite thing about the first episode of Marvel Studios' Moon Knight? We're going to start with Ian at The Guard Ian, who says, I had several favorite parts of the first episode of Marvel Studios' Moon Knight, but I think every interaction between and involving Steven and Gus was gold. Pun intended. Oh, the little goldfish, Gus the One-Finned. Yeah. All right, next up, we've got Kimberly Wickham, or Kimmy, at KimmyCat83, who said, The whole take on the history of ancient Egyptian mythology, gods, and monsters is what's really drawing me in the most about this series, and it really works. I am a lore enthusiast. I love um, some mythology. I love all of that. If give me Give me some fiction. I'm in for it. And I definitely love that aspect as well. Yeah. And Kimmy, I would say keep watching. Holy moly. Keep watching. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Miriam Barbarena at My Two Brown Eyes tweeted, Hey, this week at Marvel, my favorite part of Marvel Studios Moon Knight might be the calls to mom. Hashtag Laters Gators. Oh, Stephen is so sweet and pure, and I just love him. Next up, we've got Austin at Sikello, who said, when the vegan persona of Stephen tried ordering a steak and didn't know how to, I laughed and cried. Yeah, vegan's not great at ordering steak. I also, as someone who does not eat a lot of meat in general, I'm a pescatarian person, I just thought about what kind of mental state I would have to be in to order a steak and then eat it. And it says a lot. Yeah. I would have to be in a really dark place. And the like intestinal distress that one would be in after that fact. No, bad day. Yeah, that's that's a bad night ahead. Meat sweats. Yeah. <laughs> RT19 at Orlando Bestie tweeted, this is such a difficult question. So here are some of my favorite parts. Steven being a tour guide, the whole cupcake van chase, Ethan Hawke's way of showing the sins slash good deeds of people, Stephen proving Donna wrong about the Aeneid, and the last scene. All right, next up, we've got Space Tardigrade at Lex Pendragon. My favorite part was that I am familiar with the character, so I kind of know what is happening. But since this is a new interpretation, I am still able to participate in the mystery of what is happening to poor Stephen. Yeah, that, I love that because... You know, it's always so great when you you have enough knowledge of a character where you're like, I'm I'm hip to the jive. I ain't know what's happening. No, but sometimes it's really great to just, you know, you have that base knowledge. So you kind of have a sense of what's happening, but you also get to see it unfold uniquely because it is a new, fresh story. I, I just think it's one of the greatest things. Yeah, and I think that's what is amazing about what Marvel Studios does. They take mm-hmm. things that we know or are familiar of history and then work them in, in, in so many new ways and, and give us something amazing, incredible and fresh and just the best. Mm-hmm. 
All right, let's get one here from Brian Cutter, at real Brian Cutter, who says, I thought how Steven's blackouts were shown was nothing short of revolutionary from a filmmaking standpoint. The zooming in as his eyes went REM, followed instantly by a quick zoom out as he woke up in a completely different circumstance was chef's kiss. Yeah, I I really love the way Mm. it builds so much mystery in a really organic way that leaves yeah. everybody being like you because you feel what Steven is feeling because you're not seeing both sides of the story, which I mm-hmm. think is just great storytelling. Yep. Next up, we've got Leah69 at Haley Beverly16, who says, getting our first real look at Kongshu. I loved him in the comics, and I cannot wait to see him in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Heck awesome. yeah. Oh, so good. And that, as everybody should know by now, looking at the credits, F. Murray Abraham is an incredible Kongshu. Fur, Taylor's version, at Fernanda Roig A says, The subtle moments in the script that show how DID, dissociative identity disorder, can mess up how someone interacts with the world. The time gaps, the way relationships get affected, and that subtle disconnect with reality. The vibe is so accurate and it's so well portrayed. Mm-hmm. Next up, we've got Brandy Mason at Brandy X Mason that says the scenes where Kang Shu was yelling at Steven during the fight getaway scene and called him an idiot worm parasite and the ending where Steven finally lets Mark take control. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Stranko at Brian Stranko says my favorite part of the first episode of Marvel Studios Moon Knight is how much happens in the background. Whether that's reflections mm. of things in glass cases or Khonshu briefly on the side of the road, but also the QR code on the wall around the five minute mark. Yes. Next up, we have Michael Forrester at MFur underscore comics. After listening to This Week in Marvel and picking up Marvel Hulk Grand Design by Jim Rugg, I absolutely love this from the cover to all the different panels and even the color of the paper. This is a work of art. To answer last week's question, I would have to say Hulk 377 by Peter David has to be my favorite issue of any Hulk series. Working in child welfare for 18 years, this issue is near and dear to my heart. Wow. And of course, if you want to listen to that interview with Jim Rugg, go back an episode and listen to that great interview. Yeah. And also, thank you, Michael, for working in child welfare and um, helping mm-hmm. the kids. We get an email from Grayson Wozniacki, who just says, in, res- in response to our favorite moment in Marvel Studios Moon Knight Episode 1, everything with 10 exclamation points, which is tremendous. The perfect amount. Next up, we've got an email from Beckett Kemp. Ferlin, which says, hello, Ryan and Lorraine. I really enjoy listening to your podcast. My answer to what part of the first episode of Marvel Studios Moon Knight is my favorite is the end part where Steven slash Mark have to give control of the body to Moon Knight so they don't die. Check it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We've got a message from Raphael Michelangelo Perry on Facebook. And uh, Raphael's message is in response to a question of the week from a couple weeks ago where we asked, what gift would you give Spider-Man for his 60th birthday? Okay, a little late, I know, but for Spider-Man's 60th anniversary, he would get what he deserves. Nothing. Do we read the same comic? He's a menace. And there's a great picture of Jonah Jameson there, which is great work, Raphael. I really like that one. 
Raphael has another message, and this is in response to another one of our amazing listeners, Ian, who we talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, Raphael says, just wanted to say to Ian, sorry for your loss. Would definitely recommend to talk to someone if needed and nothing wrong with doing so. It might be hard to find the right therapist, but be persistent and don't give up. For me, I always found myself playing an old Marvel game, like PlayStation 1's Spider-Man game or X-Men Legends to get my mind off of things. Also, putting on the Daredevil, Hulk, Fantastic Four, and X-Men movies from the early 2000s. Oh my god, did I just say early 2000s? How old am I? LOL. Um, that is great advice, Raphael. If you don't remember, we were giving some... What are, what are our comfort foods in terms of Marvel? for when we need something to make us feel better, remind us of superheroes and exciting things. So great suggestions, Raphael. Mm-hmm. That was a whole lot of episode, Ryan. It sure was. And you know what? We're going to do it all again next week because this week we're done. This episode of This Week of Marvel is produced by Zachary Goldberg, Isabel Robertson, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Nagos. Our senior manager of audio production and development is Brad Barton. Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. Special thanks to Kong Shoes Shoe Shoes. They're two shoes from Kong Shoes. Kong Shoes Shoe Shoes. Get yours today. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. And this is Marvel. Your universe. So this week was Lorraine's birthday, and we've got a special message from this week in Marvel's own junior reporter, Catherine Grace. Catherine, say hello. Hello. Catherine. Did you know it was Auntie Lorraine's birthday this week? Yeah. Can you say happy birthday, Lorraine? Happy birthday. Auntie Lorraine? Happy birthday. How about just happy birthday, Lorraine? Oh, no. <laughs> you sure? It would be really nice. Okay. Happy birthday, Lorraine. Yay! Everybody else, go wish Lorraine a very happy birthday.